it's time for Damn It, Jim, the podcast. I'm Dana Smith, and I'm joined by Dan Calzaretta. Hey, Dana. How you doing? Pretty darn good. How about yourself? Doing great. Tonight, we have a second episode that was aired, Charlie X. This is, uh, I remember when it first came out, I didn't like it when I, when I first saw it as a kid, maybe because uh, the character of Charlie was being uh, constantly reprimanded. Um, that's how <laughs> that's I, true. I, I felt Did, I was. Yeah. Is that something you felt <laughs> a lot, Dana? <laughs> Sometimes managed to get in trouble. So unfortunately, or fortunately, I wasn't able to make people vanish. One thing I wanted to point out, this was uh, written by DC Fontana. DC's uh, actually a female writer who worked with Gene Roddenberry on another show that he did and uh, became kind of one of the central figures in Star Trek writing. And this, I believe, was the first episode that she got the uh, nod for teleplay. Yeah, I think you're uh, right. Her name is Dorothy. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's Dorothy, but she used a couple of different male names to uh, allow her work to get published. Again, there's that uh, 1960s problem of uh, women not getting the same representation as, as men. She died uh, about three years ago, I think it was 2019. Yeah, she lived a long life, didn't she, in her yeah. 80s or something? Yeah, and she did a lot of writing for television and movies. But anyway, she was uh, instrumental, I think, in the in creating the Star Trek that we know and love. So Charlie X, there's a ship, brings Charlie to the Enterprise. And uh, the Captain Rammert brings Charlie aboard as him and his navigator. And they talk about how great Charlie is and how wonderful he is. And then... Uh, they're eager to get off the ship. Yeah, they yeah. really wanted to get out of there, didn't they? Yeah, and they, they refused uh, Kirk's offer for sorry and Brandy. We have a large supply of entertainment tapes, gentlemen. Uh, no, we have a tight schedule to make, Captain. Just 20 of us. We're making out fine. This must be a space first. It's a transport ship that doesn't need anything. Nothing. Not even sorry and Brandy? We're fine, thank you. Pleasant journey, Captain. I was curious what the entertainment tapes were. (laughs) (laughs) I got a feeling they may have included some green creatures doing (laughs) some kind of dance moves. I don't know for sure. But like you Uh, said, what were on those entertainment tapes? Yeah, that's where the real story is, I think, for this. But uh... Well, if you think about (laughs) the, the the last episode, The Man Trap, we find out that there is such a thing as a pleasure planet, which is a little odd. And and I think in some of the upcoming episodes, they uh, they reference that again, where they actually go to one of these pl- like recreation planets. It brings up the question, what did people in the 23rd century do for fun? I mean, they're on this gigantic ship floating around in space. You know, what do they do for fun? Well, we'll see the, uh, was it the recreation deck? That's true. Yeah. Uh, so they worked out and uh, threw and each they, other around and stuff. They, and they did. Yeah. Did tumbling. Apparently. So. <laughs> and then they uh, drank Syrian brandy or Sarian brandy and uh, watched tapes. Uh, stared out at the at the stars outside their windows. So. Did they have windows? Not every cabin. Okay, but, so it's uh, kind of like a cruise yeah. ship. Yeah, like the cruise ship I was on once. Yeah. So. Did you have a window? <laughs> I, yeah, you you know you could say that it was a, like something you could kind of see out of. Maybe uh, that was just like a crack in the hull. What was this a was this like a a cheap uh, cruise line you went on? <laughs> we did have like, a, if I remember right, like a portal that was maybe like two feet by two feet. Was there water coming in? No, we were above the water line. Sorry, go on. So Charlie gets left on the ship 
And I should point out that Charlie is uh, played by Robert Walker Jr., who is 26 years old, playing 17, the sole survivor of a transport crash 15 years earlier. Walker Jr. is uh, an actor with a with quite a big acting pedigree. He's the son of Robert Walker and Jennifer Jones. Their son grew up to be Robert Walker Jr., and he had a uh, was in quite a lot of uh, TV shows and movies, including The War Wagon with John Wayne. He was also in the movie Easy Rider. It's important to note that the cast in here really liked working with Robert Walker Jr. Uh, they thought that he was uh, stayed focused and was in character quite a bit. He was a method actor, and uh, I was reading something about uh, our friend Yeoman Rand. Right. Uh, who said that uh, he stayed in character and stayed away from everybody else on the set. I wonder if when they were in like the uh, cafeteria, you know, during breaks, did he give him that eye, that look with the eyes? So where he kind of oh, tips his yeah. head down and the eyes roll back in his head. That was a little freaky, actually. Shatner, you took my hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the whole thing is, and uh, we've alluded to this, is that Charlie's got a bit of a power problem. Does not like being told what to do or being hurt. Like so. every teenager everywhere throughout (laughs) history and into the future (laughs) we learn right away that he is not familiar with people uh yeoman rand comes in and he sees her and he is just gobsmacked he uh, (laughs) that's one way to put it (laughs) he can barely talk you can just see his his mouth hanging open and kirk tells her to take him to his room and he says is is this a girl (laughs) and uh kirk says that is a girl. But it's obviously that Charlie has taken a, an instant liking to Yeoman Rand. Yeah, he is beyond affected. Maybe he's hoping she'll be in some of these recreation tapes or, or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want to guess really or add to Star Trek canon that doesn't exist. Those hormones, man, they are coursing. Every time he sees her, his eyes get big, his, his mouth hangs open, he can't stop staring at her. Charlie keeps uh, trying to get closer and closer to Yeoman Rand, and he sees two uh, crewmen who are helping one another out, and uh, one guy says the other, I'll see you later or something, and he kind of like reaches back and smacks his buddy on the on the backside. Charlie witnesses that, and then uh, next time he's talking to Yeoman Rand, he, he tries that. You got a deal, friend. Charlie, you just don't go around slapping girls on the... It's okay, but uh, just don't do it again. Why don't you tell Captain Kirk or Dr. McCoy what you did, and they'll explain it to you, okay? Totally throws them under the bus, or do they have buses in the 23rd century? (laughs) Throws them under the... The shuttlecraft. The shuttlecraft, thank you. That's awesome. Charlie catches up with Kirk, says, I've got a question for you. And Well, you know, I was talking to to, uh, Janice, and uh, says, I I did this, and he kind of... Smacks Kirk on the on the hip and Kirk goes, oh, you know, that's not something you normally do. And he says, well, isn't that what friends do? Kirk responds with, well, there's no, no right way to hit a woman. You know, what's the implication there? Is it, you know, there's several wrong ways to hit a woman? I, I just, it's uh <laughs> Yeah, it didn't age very well. But the interesting part about that scene for me, too, was just how awkward Kirk was. You know, yeah. normally he's very decisive and I'm just going to go punch something or shoot something. He couldn't deal with this 17-year-old. These first two episodes, 
have this interesting kind of sexual tension. First one, it was uh, Darnell. He sees the woman as this blonde who's giving him kind of the flirty eyes and walking. Worked on a pleasure planet. That's that's and worked on the pleasure (laughs) planet. Thank you. Well, and even Rand in that first one had some scenes that were, um, you know, I would say kind of sexual. And then in this one, Charlie not only kind of slapping her, but just like you said, all over her in this episode. We go to the uh, the bridge and McCoy and Spock are having a little bit of a debate about Thasians, people of legend from the planet that uh, Charlie was found on. Kirk kind of says to McCoy, you've got to take Charlie and you know teach him some basic manners and facts and stuff. And McCoy tries to pass that back on Kirk. I'd like you to give him the necessary medical orientation on the problems of uh, adolescence. Don't you think it'd be better for a strong father image like you? He already looks up to you. The job is yours, Bone. Flattery will get you nowhere. Charlie and Kirk form a bond, as it were. Yeah, they do. And he sees him as a father figure. Yeah, uh, which apparently nobody on the uh, Antares could be for him. So then uh, we get to see the uh, the uh, recreation room. Uh, Yeoman Rand's in there playing cards. Spock has the, I believe it's called the Vulcan Lute, which is kind of like a little harp that he can play. And then uh, Uhura starts singing. And she's kind of, once again, as uh, similar to the last episode, she was kind of teasing Spock. Oh, on the Starship Enterprise, there's someone who's in Satan's guise. Whose devil ears and devil eyes could rip your heart from you? Charlie comes in. He wants to show Yeoman Rand some card tricks, and and then he does card tricks for Yeoman Rand. And then uh, we go back to the bridge, and there's also a continuity issue. Kirk changes uniforms or changes his top, comes to the bridge, and the captain of the Antares is trying to reach Captain Kirk. Yeah. And wasn't that about the same time that uh, they get a message on the bridge and it's the cook calling the captain? Is that right Right during that? <laughs> yeah, because, oh, that's right. When uh, right before Charlie caught up with Kirk, he was uh, talking to the cook, but he said, On Earth today, it's Thanksgiving. If the crew has to eat synthetic meatloaf, I wanted to look like turkey. <laughs> Some... <laughs> Yeah, once again, predicting the future of having one type of meat look and taste like another type or maybe a non-meat item look and taste (laughs) like meat. Remember that during the original series, they had the replicators. Right. uh, Which they got their food from quite often. And apparently it wasn't working in this episode. And then the cook calls and says, I put the meatloaf in the ovens and they're turkeys, real turkeys. And I read that that was Gene Roddenberry who was uh, doing the voice of the cook. And I guess it was the only time he appeared in any of the episodes. Last week you brought up some trivia points. So there's there's a big trivia one. What character did Gene Roddenberry play on the original series? And what was he cooking? So would the, would the answer be, he's playing the chef. Yes, that we know. But was he cooking meatloaf, turkeys, or meatloaf that was supposed to look like turkeys, or real turkeys? What's the right well, answer there? Was it turkey loaf? So anyway, uh, at this point, Charlie's getting to be dangerous. There's another encounter with Yeoman Rand, and this time she's got a friend. Yes, she does. Tina. <laughs> Tina Lawton. She's a yeoman. Yeah, interestingly, she's a yeoman third class. Y- thank you, yeoman third yeah. class. Rand introduces her to Charlie as someone your own age. I mean, they've got seventeen-year-olds <laughs> on the Enterprise. 
Yeah, that's funny because that's what I thought as well. But uh, Charlie kind of uh, just blows her off. Doesn't he? Goes, I don't want to talk to her. I want to talk to you. And and uh, she and and uh, Yeoman Lawton, third class Yeoman Lawton, <laughs> says, "Excuse me, I must be wanted somewhere." And then just storms <laughs> off. Like, are you kidding me? Yep, perfect seventeen-year-old. Both of those. That's when uh, Charlie just starts gushing. I see you. I feel like I'm hungry all over. Hungry. Do you know how that feels? She was not impressed. And maybe that's one of these themes of the show is uh, adolescence. You know, that the idea that Charlie, he's 17, he's been isolated. He's He has no social skills, like many teenagers. Doesn't know how to express himself, like many teenagers. He's overrun with all these hormones, like all teenagers. He is just trying to kind of navigate this brand new experience. And I, I don't know if the show is like, hey, I'm going to write this show that's going to explain adolescence. So we've got the science fiction show, and maybe people can relate to it, maybe they can't. But everyone can relate to what it, to what it is to be a teenager and to go through all that stuff. So maybe this is a way that Star Trek is able to take a common human experience, bring it into a show that's about the future, and yet make the viewer or establish for the viewer this connection over centuries. Or maybe it was just like, ah, this might sound like sounds like a good thing. We got this kid <laughs> who can tip his head down and make people disappear and do all kinds yeah. of crazy stuff. <laughs> who knows? Well, what does the X mean? You know, I mean, I, I thought about that after watching the episode again. Why that title, Charlie X? We know his last name. X seems a little bit more dangerous. Than just the show called Charlie Evans. Be like, well, is that, <laughs> yeah, is that Bob true. Evans? Is that, what? what is that? Is it about sausage? Is he a sausage maker in the future? <laughs> it, it was all turkey meatloaf in the future, so they couldn't have made, uh, who knows? <laughs> Kirk has to have another talk with Charlie. Charlie's saying, well, what do I do? How do I, you know, how do I express myself to her? And he says, Kirk says, you go slow. You be gentle. Which is don't... so unlike Kirk in yeah, every yeah. aspect of his life. And that's life. just it. And he says, don't press. Does Kirk ever follow his own advice? Good point. <laughs> that is a great point. I mean, especially near the end of the show, he's right, just ready to punch this 17 year old kid you know and soon there's going to be this uh i don't know the federation child protective service ship that's going to pull up and they're going to pull kirk off and he'd be like i didn't want to be a father you know so wow so a way of uh helping charlie get his energies out kirk takes him to the recreation deck we see a couple guys uh hitting each other with these uh, battling sticks or something. And then women doing... Cartwheels. Uh, yes, thank you. D- didn't you find that bizarre? They're in these full-body red leotards with still the Enterprise symbol on them, and they're flipping toward the camera with these yeah. bizarre smiles on their faces. It just was the weirdest transition into that yeah, scene. it was. And then we see Kirk is demonstrating how to take a fall. And Kirk is wearing bright red tights and no shirt. He tries to get Charlie to fall correctly. Charlie struggles with that a little bit. And he says, well, I thought you were going to teach me how to fight. And he goes, well, first, before you fight, you got to learn how to fall. He uh, picks on a guy there in the that's working out, Sam, who's doing some kind of wall routine I've never seen before or since. It was <laughs> these two levers sticking out of the wall. And he's, yeah, it's he's kind doing of pulling some kind him. Of- I mean, it's, he's pulling him like four inches. You know, it's just like... <laughs> 
Kind of like, what kind of exercise is that? A frustrating one, probably. <laughs> uh, so he says, Sam, come here. Let me uh, show you how, how to do this. He goes, first, Sam's going to throw me. And so he does. And then he says, now I'm going to throw Sam. And they do this move and Kirk throws him. And so he says, come on, Charlie. Now you do this. And you you knock me down. You throw me. And so Charlie's trying and trying. And Kirk finally like knocks him down. And Sam's sitting over in the corner laughing. Charlie ducks his head a little bit, rolls his eyes back. And boof, Sam is gone. Sam is gone. You know, the funny thing is Sam was like sitting in the corner, like you said, but he's got this towel on his shoulders, like he's kind of, you know, drying off and Sam disappears, but the towel stays behind. (laughs) Why didn't the towel go with him? He was holding the towel. Kirk calls for security and two security guards run in and he, Charlie says, I'm not going to let them hurt me. And when uh, they advance towards him, he kind of like leans into him a little bit and they both fall down. And one of the security guards pulls his phaser and Charlie ducks his head and rolls his eyes and the phaser disappears. And, you know, uh, going back to when those two guys come in, I don't know how what directions they were given. Maybe they were the, the guys in the kitchen, you know, at, at, you know, where they were filmed, the lot where they were filming. And they just, oh, God, we got to get some. We need some security guys and oh, get the two guys from the kitchen. They'll, they'll do it. First off, they've got different color pants on. One's really dark black. The other was not quite the same and they walk in with the strangest most awkward stride into the room and they realize oh we got to stand at attention because here's the captain it was just bizarre i thought it was just really really bizarre they take him off to his room shortly afterwards charlie goes to yeoman rand's quarters and just walks in yep doesn't uh doesn't knock doesn't call in advance brings her a flower he did bring her a flower it was a pink flower which he says is her favorite color did, i wondered if he got that from the botany lab where <laughs> sulu was so. it didn't look like a hand but can you imagine if that was it and like the hand was moving and kind of going toward yeoman rand and trying to grab her face or something yeah that would have been and he tells her he loves her and can i just can i just talk about can we talk about the negligee that she's in she's in a pink nightgown which is kind of like borrowed from uh the roman empire probably just shooting you know demetrius and the gladiators right down the road and you know (laughs) years before and and said you know hey look we got this robe here this roman robe let's just dye it pink and uh, toss it on her and and once uh, again and i think this was a style of the time in the 60s but the actual bra that they were wearing during this during this show be careful i know i mean <laughs> they were of a particular style and if you look at yeah. commercials from that time uh advertisements from that time uh they were definitely of a particular style i would imagine an uncomfortable style i can only agree with you <laughs> <laughs> with no actual evidence on my part it just it looks like it wouldn't be comfortable but who yeah. knows i don't know shaped like missiles um, missiles yeah or torpedo so, tubes i don't know <laughs> phasers oh so this could be the last show that we do <laughs> Uh, (laughs) we were doing so well kirk and spock come running in the room charlie knocks them down and then he advances back on uh yeoman rand and when he tries i think he just tries to grab her she slaps him and he did not take well to that apparently there was a right way to hit a woman (laughs) and uh he figured it out yeah because he zapped her into some alternate reality or somewhere she went where sam went then charlie is left to his own devices walking through the ship just walking around yeah causing mayhem i might add makes a uh a young woman turn into an old woman and, and he turns uh yeoman third class tina lawton into a 
lizard like third like class or something. Yeah. <laughs> iguana yeah. third class. And then he passes by a room where people are laughing and just having a good time. Yeah. And, and you see them in shadow. He says, don't laugh at me. And they freeze. The shadows freeze. And then you hear this muffled like moaning and this person comes around, this woman comes around the corner and she has no face. That was freaky. I thought that was really, really freaky. Yeah. I, and it's, uh, it's a little bit scary. Do you think about it? And she was sounding like she was muffled. And then uh, we go back to the bridge and Kirk has decided that uh, maybe Charlie's taken on too much. So the idea is that they're going to overload him with all the activity on the ship. But the way they did it and they just start like randomly pressing things and flipping switches. <laughs> And again, kind of awkward. McCoy gives this look back to Jim. Like, I don't have any idea what I'm doing here. All I know is that I'm pressing a bunch of these colored buttons and these lights. I was going to say, when does the ship doctor know which buttons to flip on the bridge? I mean, you flip the wrong button and all of a sudden it says, you know, self-destruct in 10 seconds. And yeah. oh, well, that can't turn that one off. Or I just shut the warp drives down and you know, we're going to have a, <laughs> a meltdown on the ship. Or the ovens have been turned off and the turkeys are still raw and people are yeah. going to get sick. It would have been great if he stopped and said, is this the one for the ovens? I don't want to hit that one. <laughs> I want that turkey. It's real yeah. turkey. I haven't had real turkey in <laughs> decades. There's not a lot of special effects in this show until they, they say a, a ship is coming near and they can't read the signature of it or something. And then all of a sudden this green face that looks like it's underwater uh, <laughs> suddenly appears on the bridge. Yeah, like this floating green thing. Yeah. Which we have to assume is a Thasian. And so then the green face says, we've returned everything to normal on your ship. And Yeoman Rand appears in her nightgown on the bridge. Yeah. So, okay. I got a problem with this. Dana. Yeoman Rand shows up. Well, where the heck is Sam? How come he doesn't just show up on the bridge? He's back picking up his towel. Okay, so okay, he had to get his towel. All right, I can see that. The uh, face says, you know, uh, Charlie needs to come back home with us. We uh, tried to raise him best we could, essentially. And Charlie starts pleading to stay. Oh, I won't do it again. Please, I'll be good. I won't ever do it again. I'm sorry about the Antares. I'm sorry! I want to go with you. Help me! Kirk is affected by Charlie's pleas. Mm -hmm. um, he actually makes a pitch to for Charlie to stay on the ship. The boy belongs with his own kind. That would be impossible. With training, we can teach him to live in our society. If he can be taught not to use his power. He will use it. Always. And he would destroy you and your kind. Thankfully, Kirk was listening. He kind of steps back, and then uh, Charlie says, Don't let them take me. I can't even touch them. They can't feel. Not like you. They don't love. I want to stay, 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 stay. This, I thought this scene actually was really, really well done. The way that the actor who's playing Charlie conveys this emptiness, this loneliness. Yeah. But it's it's so true. You know, we do need affection. We do need to have friends and family around us. Yeah. And the, and the way that he made that plea to the crew was pretty convincing, I thought, and pretty emotional, really. When you, yeah. Especially when you compare it to last week's episode, when they were like, ah, let's just kill this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's ugly and it's sucking salt out of us. Yeah. Right. And, so, and, so. and here, Charlie can destroy the whole ship with his mind. But, you know, yeah. let's give him another chance. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
he can wipe out your whole civilization. Yeah, but he's inside. He's a nice kid. You know, he's a, he's a good. <laughs> he's a good kid. <laughs> yeah, great last scene. I thought, but you know, it also brought up then a couple of questions for me. When Charlie was stranded on this planet, the Thasians gave him these powers so he could survive somehow. Why didn't the Thasians just take the powers away from him? If they could give him the powers, why couldn't they take him away? Uh, another thing to. Th- Think about is when he's found on the planet, the Thasians are so powerful. Why couldn't they just hide him? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Why did, yeah. Why didn't they stop the Antares from rescuing him in the first, were they just like out? They, they left a sign, you know, (laughs) gone fishing. I mean, (laughs) where were they? They're these omnipotent beings. How could they, one, not know that the Antares was there? And two, why couldn't they just stop the Antares from rescuing him in the first place? Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. A heated game of gin rummy and uh, they just didn't hear the doorbell uh charlie answered the door and uh there you go maybe they were on the thasian version of the pleasure planet <laughs> which would what would that have been they're floating green heads and they, he says something like i took this form centuries ago i have taken my form centuries ago so that i may communicate with you you know the way that that head looked i would think that their pleasure planet would be like a lava lamp with this just <laughs> weird gel kind of wiggling around and the and the green head would just get in there for a while and they're like yeah this is this is good oh crap we left charlie by himself we better get home (laughs) did you leave the door open (laughs) (laughs) wow the dead crewman count. Yeah, so the, I, I do have a question about that. So the Thasians say everything has been restored as it was before, right? Yes. And no one on the Enterprise is dead. In fact, we see Yeoman Rand come back, so we can assume that everyone on the Enterprise has been restored. The Iguana is now Yeoman third class Tina Lawton. The faceless woman probably has a face. The old lady turns back into the young person. Everyone who's frozen gets unfrozen. Sam is back in the locker room, sweating away, just waiting for Kirk to come down there and do some more throws. But what about the Antares? He said, we arrived too late to help the other ship. So I don't think we can actually count the 20 because they're not on the Enterprise. That's what I was thinking. No one on the Enterprise dies in this episode. Zero. True. So we have a tally of still, what, four? Four. So not bad. I mean, the average is two over two episodes. So that's not too bad. A few more things I noticed. The first time I think we see uh, Kirk uh, shirtless, and I'm hoping it's the last time we see him in red tights. Yeoman Rand's nightgown was a, a character unto itself. It was. Spock is forced to recite poetry. There's a tiger, tiger burning bright in the forest of the night. Saturn rings around my head down a road that's Martian red. Once upon a midnight dreary while I pondered weak and weary. Uh, the Raven and uh, William Blake's Tiger, Tiger. Yeah. Yuhura sings to Spock. She's singing to the whole crew that's in the recreation deck, but she's coming around singing to Spock. So we brought this up last week. Is she flirting with Spock? And once again, J.J. Abrams, if you're out there listening, we know you are. Oh, I, I didn't tell you. He sent us an email. Did I tell you this? <laughs> you did not. I think that would be something you should tell me. <laughs> yeah. Well, the actual the email was, I'm not J.J. Abrams at gmail.com. So <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe it wasn't him. It seems to me like if I was trying to like you know fool people, that's how I would name myself. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah we're still waiting to hear though. J.J., yeah. send us an email. So to wrap up, this was an interesting episode. I, I liked it. I mean, I thought there were some parts in it that, you know, pulled me out of the experience a little bit. Some of the awkward things that we've already talked about. But the ending, I thought, was pretty powerful. 
yeah, like I said, I wasn't a fan of it when I saw it when I was younger, uh, probably because no crewman died or anything. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it is a good show. And there's actually, from Robert Walker Jr., there's actually really good acting. I think that the interactions with Yeoman Rand seem very true to me. We were saying, you know, just a teenager not knowing what to do with all these feelings he's got going through a system right at that time. It's a good show. Uh, again, I think, and I, as I get older, where people are not killed off in droves, it's uh, more appealing to me. Well, next week, it is probably one of the strongest episodes, I would think, in the first season where no man has gone before. That will be pretty exciting to watch and to talk about. Dana, hey, this has been a blast. We've got two in the books. 77 to go. (laughs) And countless, (laughs) countless dead crewmen from the Enterprise. Uh, I think Kirk said there was 420. 428. They're already down four. So we're down to 424. I want to see what the total is when we get to episode 79. Well, so so uh, not to belabor this point, but do you think it should have been then 432 and four are dead? Or it was 428. Wow. It was 428. Four died. They were down to 424. So they're at 424 now. Or... It was 428, four got killed, it was 424, and they got replenished somehow. Well, maybe this is where this 17-year-old, they're like, yeah, three people died, let's get some (laughs) 17-year-olds. This yeoman third class, Tina Lawton, 17, on the Enterprise. All right, Dana, this was a lot of fun. As always, Dan, uh, I've enjoyed this. I'm really enjoying going through the process of watching the shows again and watching them in so much detail. Um, I did want to point out, we got some comments uh, so don't forget that you can email us. Damn, what's that email address? It is dammitjimpodcast at gmail.com. And we also have a Facebook page now. Not spelled the same <laughs> because Facebook has rules. D-M-N-I-T, Jim, the podcast on Facebook. A couple of the comments I wanted to bring out. They liked what we were doing, thought uh, we were making old time television shows interesting. Did anyone offer to pay us to stop? No, which I was really surprised. I was shocked. So. All right, Dana, a lot of fun. I will see you next week. Live long and prosper. Thanks again for listening. We'd love to hear your comments, thoughts, and suggestions. You can email us at dammitjimthepodcast at gmail.com or join the discussion on Facebook at dammitjimthepodcast. Make sure to tune in next week for the episode where no man has gone before. For Dan and Dana, have a great weekend.